Hey everyone, just a word of warning before we get started. Uh, This episode contains some adult language, so use your best judgment when you choose where to listen to it. Are we hot? Is it hot? The mic hot? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were. I got a lot of, I I think I need to spit. (laughs) Go spit. (laughs) I'm drinking this emergency is it lemon water no it's emergency and it's just it's that is urine it's giving (laughs) how dare you you're listening to live from the news dungeon a nondoc.com podcast And welcome to episode two of Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. I'm Trace Savage, editor-in-chief of nondoc.com. I'm sitting here with Angela Jones, our operations manager. Hi. And Andrea Dinhood, rhymes with food, our managing editor. Hello. Okay, uh, we're back two weeks after our first episode. If you didn't check out our first episode, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, review us, like us. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts also, Spotify, uh, we think we might be on Stitcher. I don't know. It seems to be kind of a really screwed up we platform. Have no idea. It, it works a little bit. But anyway, uh, find us and subscribe, rate, review, help us beat the algorithms, get the robots on our side as we get this podcast launched. This week's topic is the holidays, like with a Z, because mm-hmm. it's like it's holidays, but it's also kind of a days and uh, you and know, also downer. we're cool. Yeah, also, we're just like super cool. Right. When we you spell Z's, things differently, it makes you cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've got a lot of holidays this month. Um, this, I guess, will be coming out on Monday, December 21st, which is also the winter solstice. So mm-hmm. I hope everybody, does anybody have solstice plans? You do, right? I do have solstice plans. Tell us about those. Trace. Well, I always <laughs> try to have a fire in my backyard and I try to burn my like pepper plants specifically and they really make a really like a, a spicy smoke when they go up and they fly. anyway it's great is there something is it, like symbolic yeah is there like a spiritual reason behind that or i just did it one year and then it became a tradition do you of, need a permit for that no you okay. can you can backyard burn you can actually get a permit in the city of oklahoma city to burn your front yard you, which i have planned to do <laughs> for a long time i just have never gotten a permit but you can get like a you can get a permit to burn your front yard like the actual yard Correct. not in the yard okay. yeah the Correct. whole yard yeah. why would it, you not want to do that down. i don't know i want to do it my front yard is not good so uh <laughs> back to holidays that are coming up it's actually by the time that this launches we're recording on wednesday december 16th by the time this launches uh hanukkah will be completed uh, it was Thursday, December 10th through Friday, December 18th this year. Did anybody else see the parade of menorah-topped vehicles down Northwest Expressway I last Thursday? Not. So I saw it on Twitter, and I wasn't sure if it was like a menorah per vehicle or like one light per vehicle, and then the vehicles made up the menorah. Oh. No, there were, no, there were several, like many of the cars had Menorahs. And they menorahs. all looked, yeah. And they, it wasn't like build your own. They were all uniformed. So I did actually never found out like whether this is a thing that the synagogue here has done normally or whether this was like a since we're trying to not gather in COVID times. I assume it was COVID, right? If somebody knows, just put it in the comments. Um, we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, but it was pretty great. I mean, it like unless you were going eastbound on expressway, 
in rush hour, then it wasn't great. But I was going westbound, and I was <laughs> like, this is exciting. Uh, I thought it was a funeral at first because it had a police escort. Anyway, so Hanukkah uh, was there. Uh, happy Hanukkah to everybody. Um, I celebrated Hanukkah a fair amount as a kid. My best friend growing up, my neighbor, uh, Jewish, and uh, I, I attended uh, more Hanukkah celebrations than I did, did Christmas. Christmas, obviously, is Friday, December 25th this year. Wait, what? Um, are you guys ready for Christmas? We're going to talk about that in a moment. I mean, what does ready mean? Yeah, that's an open, okay. that's a big question. Okay, great. I'm trying to bring the energy over here. I haven't really slept in like three days, so I don't, I mean, I've tried to sleep. Is that Tell the secret to energy? No, I just, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't sleep well Saturday night. I went to bed at like 8.30 Sunday, slept pretty well. Uh, Monday night didn't, I had like a weird dream that I was being framed for a murder. Probably. Um, well, it wasn't a murder. The guy just died and I didn't know whether Allegedly. to call the police. Cause anyway, yeah, the whole thing was weird. And then last night, um, my cat Frizzy, who used to be your cat, Angela, where does she like to sleep? On your face. That is correct. And she was really interested in sleeping on my neck and face and it kept waking me up in the middle of the night. So that's a lot of things to say that I'm kind of tired and winging this as we go. Uh, the last holiday for the winter we should mention is Kwanzaa. Uh, starts, I believe, Saturday, December 26th. And I think it runs for a week through the end of the year, maybe New Year's Day. Uh, do you, like white people here at the table, do we know what, what Kwanzaa is? Kwanzaa was uh, is, is a specifically like an African-American holiday created in 1966 in the aftermath of the Watts riots. Uh, the goal was to, quote, give blacks an alternative al alternative to the existing holiday and give blacks an opportunity to celebrate themselves and their history rather than simply imitate the practice of the dominant society. So that's, mm. you know, pretty good. I don't know. Go to, I did not know that history. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So go uh, look up Kwanzaa, learn a little bit more and uh, tell a friend happy Kwanzaa. Um, we are going to talk about holidays here in a general sense. And I think the three of us here and Bryce, Bryce Holland, our technician, uh, Christmas are, is the predominant holiday in our households. Is that right? Mm -hmm. All four of us. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, thank you, Bryce. And you got one word in there. Now we have to pay you. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, even more. Um, do, do, do I get paid by word? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, right. You, are you a member of the Screen Actors Guild? I don't know. Um, so we're going to talk a lot today, like about the stress of one element of of the holidays, and and all of the holidays we just talked about involve gifting, right? Mm, and Christmas. Christmas has become you know s synonymous with gifting in some ways, right? Like uh, it's it's fairly. Um, you know, ingrained into our just society, right? Like we must give some gifts. Santa, Santa gives gifts. Mm -hmm. So, so for our historical nugget, uh, our historical piece of coal, our, Ooh, our historical <laughs> piece of coal is pretty good. I just came up with that on the fly. You guys, I think we've got two. I think Angela, you have one in a second, yes. but I looked this up on Christian science monitor, csmonitor.com. This is from 2013, Sarah Miller, uh, Yana. I'm not a double L. I'm assuming that's how you would say that writes uh, about the history of gift giving in Christmas. Gift giving has its roots in pagan rituals held during the winter. When Christianity folded these rituals into Christmas, the justification for bearing gifts was redirected to the three wise men who gave gifts to the infant Jesus. But in early modern Europe, it also had its roots in Christmas begging. At that time, Christmas bore little resemblance to the family-centered holiday celebrated today. During the holiday seasons, bands of young men, often rowdy as young men, 
women will be, right, uh-huh. would wassail from home to home and demand handouts from the gentry. Uh, this is according to Stephen Nissenbaum, author of The Battle for Christmas. Christmas involved an exchange between the social classes. Last paragraph. But when Christmas was domesticated in the 1800s in the United States, the recipients of gift giving shifted from the lower classes to children given by versions of Santa Claus. It was then that a marketing opportunity was created, bringing us to the Santa in the shopping mall phenomenon that we recognize today. I could see that coming back in these in these turbulent times, right? Like Christmas begging? Just it being like a class, <laughs> a class divide it holiday. Would, it would be better than just just foisting, <laughs> just giving children every gift possible, right? Like children. The other thing that I've noticed, so buying gifts for Angel has a kid and buys gifts for kids, but I buy them for my nephews and niece, is that when I go shopping for toys, I feel like all of them are like these licensed characters from like Disney or Marvel. I just, does Disney own Marvel? Maybe it's all Disney. Probably don't know ABC, they, it, ESPN. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, there's this whole industry that just kind of makes money off of like kids' affections. And it just kind of feels very gross to me. I don't know. Yeah. How Maybe do you buy, how do you, what is your, does your kid still believe in Santa Claus? Angela? I no, he never did though. Never did. He's like trying to keep it alive for himself, but he like doesn't believe in magic or Santa. Like that's just his just thing. Practical. Yeah, that's, he's very practical. That's good. He, but he he like tries to keep the magic alive. Like he tries to pretend to believe in Santa. Like he's doing it for me almost. And I'm like, we can we can drop that. So did he we come don't to have this to conclusion it. himself? You told him there was a Santa, and he was like, mm, no. You know, I really didn't go all out to convince him of a Santa. And then maybe when he asked me, my answers were unsatisfactory because I have this weird thing about not lying to children. Yeah, but sure. then like, oh, the magic. So um, I think he's just smart and isn't buying it. Hmm. He's yeah. just not Fair enough. Anything I say or anything Santa He's like, says. I haven't met this man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why Who's should I guy? believe in him? Who's this yeah. guy? I saw you eating cookies in the closet. <laughs> Um, That's why I eat all my cookies. Okay, so I think we have another brief historical. uh, But did that did that say anything about the phenomenon of regifting? No, but but I think but don't you have another nugget here on the on the the on you know what used to be interesting gifts right like now it's just an Apple Watch for an infant and and that's the age that they get them now. Yeah, so I actually did some research, y'all. I went to Facebook, (laughs) (laughs) that uh, cauldron of self-absorption, and I looked on the History Channel's page. They've got like a little video I watched, and then I also, um, you know, I did click on some other websites. I did use Google. Um, But anyway, I've got for y'all the hottest toys of each decade, starting in 1920. Any guesses? Some kind of... Doll. Roller skates. Good guess. It's the yo-yo. Oh. Uh, yes, which came from China in 1000 BC. And then we started making it here in the U.S. in the 1920s. And everyone had to have one. It's like basically everything else but reverse, right? Yeah. Wait, what? N- never mind. Okay. Like toys-wise, <laughs> right? Because most of the toys you would buy now in like Walmart or Toys R Us are made in China. Oh, They might I be like American saying. creations, but they're anyway. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and then in 1930, guess what? It was the Shirley Temple doll. Um, So I heard, read, saw something that Shirley Temple was in 20 movies by the time she was six years old. As the mother of a six-year-old, I'm sorry, what? Like, how does she, how, how do they get 
a six year old and younger to be in 20 films anyway. So they I made, think there was like, it was like a little bit abusive. I think so. <laughs> that's true. I, do, I do think there's some tragedy in there. hundred um, percent. So the original doll was either sold for four seventy five or eight seventy five. I found some discrepancy, some different information there, but um, depends, it, depends if you had an uncle who could get you. Maybe, or yeah. maybe it started out at four seventy five, and then they—I don't know. Maybe one was the fifty off sale. Anyway, um, the Shirley Temple doll made forty five million dollars in its seven years of production, which is eight hundred seventy million dollars in today money. Wow! So, and she was freaky. Y'all. She was a- she was freaky. She didn't talk. I don't think. She went pee pee or anything, but she had a freaky face. I'm the, just saying. The doll? <laughs> the, the doll. doll. Okay. Not the All actual right. girl. Like these kind of just weird, really light eye colors and blonde eyelashes. And I don't know. It, she was freaky. We'll put a link in the article about mm, this. All right. Hottest yeah. gift of the 1940s. So the 40s. Any guesses? Wait, hold on. Uh, uh, I might have a guess. What is your guess, Bryce? Well, I'm trying, the all-knowing Bryce. I'm trying to think. You can't Google. Uh, well, no. Well, uh, oh, I have a guess. Uh, <laughs> no, so, so, <laughs> no, so my guess would be uh, the Red Rider, Red Rider Carbine Ooh. Action 200 shot range model Ambrite. Oh, come Aaron. on. <laughs> that was fun to say, but no. No, well, and my guess from that would be, um, see, I can't remember if A Christmas Story takes place in the 40s or the 50s. No, it takes place in the 50s. Is it the 50s? It's definitely the 50s. It's uh-huh. post-World War II. I think I'll look that. I don't know. I'll look this up while yeah, we hear right. so so well, this. Okay, okay, but do you know why I always just kind of assumed it take, took place in the 40s is because uh, The Wizard of Oz is like a big part of that movie, and that movie came out in 39. Fact check it. Andrea, where's right. your laptop? That's why. That's why. I but, but you, you may be right. It may be the 50s. I don't know. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. Uh, my so, guess is something Superman related. Good guess. No, you're wrong. Oh. It's slinky, slinky. All these kind of bad yo yo's slinky. and slinkies I thought came much later. 1943, I think, is when it really came out. But it has been named one of Time Magazine's all time 100 greatest toys, inducted into the National Hall of Fame. And National Slinky Day is August 30th. A slinky was one of those toys as a kid that I really liked, but I didn't know why. Yeah, it I was going to ask, like, oh, I was gonna ask did I you have it. them? Did you play with them? <laughs> I mean, like, if you were in like a ranch style one story, would would you even need a slinky? Because then you have to have stairs for the slinky to do anything. I mean, well, I mean, it didn't do that much even on the, it kind of went down the stairs sometimes. <laughs> you know? I was playing with one the other day in a garage. Don't ask me why. Not surprised. Uh, I do need to say quick fact error, quick correction. Uh, I'm sure there's some listener who's just like beating their fists on the table being like, Savage got that wrong. Uh, a Christmas story was uh, in a, there's a calendar in the film that says 1939, but the decoder pin Ralphie receives from the Little Orphan Annie radio show is the 1940 model. So you were correct, Bryce. Okay, I'm glad. I, I owe you. A, I, I thought so. Here's a pencil. Have a, have a pencil. <laughs> I'll take it. I just um, tried to whistle and it didn't work. Did we not? By the way, did we not bring? Did you bring cookies this time, Andrea? It would have. I seemed, didn't know I, that was my. You job. did it last time. You set the expectation. <laughs> I had cheese and apple slices. Yeah. I, I was ready. I was hoping to work on my pod bod. Uh, and just <laughs> eat more cookies that you guys are allowed. You're allowed to laugh. You can, you're allowed to bake and bring cookies. I, you're, I <laughs> noted. I'm, I, I don't know that we want to go put, get you a peanut butter cracker over there. I can make breakfast and dinner and, but I don't know about <laughs> where are my cookies. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. back to 1950. So 1950 is come on Barbie. Let's go party. Oh. It's the Barbie doll. So designers modeled Barbie after a German doll named build Lily, which was a racy gag, gag gift sold in tobacco shops. Hmm. Hmm. I saw just the other day. Just the other day, I had my hands on a vintage Barbie toilet. No. 
What have you been? I don't. You have had a really interesting week. It sounds I like. have I, slinkies. Yes. Yeah. Well, the toilet. slinky was before that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got a good garage, it sounds like. So um, today, three Barbie dolls are sold every second, and Barbie has had over 200 careers, which I kind of get. That's same, pretty same good. Here. So I I actually enjoy shopping for Barbies, not going to lie. Great. I What's try happening? to donate to uh, Oklahoma Foster Wishes every year. In fact, I think you can probably still do that through the Department of Human Services and the Oklahoma Institute for Child Advocacy. Uh, I think you sign up, it's like a $75, $80 donation. And typically, they're, they're doing it this way this year. You just make the donation and then they go fill Christmas wish lists for kids in the foster care system in Oklahoma. Pre-pandemic, you actually got a list of what the child wanted. And two years in a row, I got a child that wanted uh, or I was involved in the shopping for a child that wanted Barbies and going to say there's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of you, options, a lot of my, accessories. My youngest is really into. Did Barbies you have right Barbies? Now. Did you play with Barbies, Andrea? I did have a couple of Barbies. Although I feel like now I would be pretty hesitant to buy one for yeah. a little girl. Well, no, see, that's no. They've I, they've gotten right. Yeah, no, science I, Barbie, okay. Doctor Barbie, Bar, Barbie's not sexy. I, I, science <laughs> Barbie. No, no, I, 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 say, I say this song because she's in a knee length lab coat. Yeah, my my youngest this year has been all about Barbie and for her birthday. <laughs> And it's it's gotten a lot more um, uh, progressive. Yes. Yeah. No, there because right. And I got I had a debate with my friend Corden because he was doing this the first year, and we wound up going Barbie shopping together because he needed moral support. And this is before he met his wife. And so we were in the Walmart, and we got in a big debate over you know trying not to exceed the cap on what to spend. And he he wanted science Barbie, so he had like science Barbie and all these different, you know, computers and microscopes and telescopes and all these different things. And I was like, well, we need to get Barbie a boat also so that we can show this young woman that you can in so fact can have it all. You, you can have it all. Get it's okay. You don't girl. have to just be a scientist. You can, if you go and have a career in science, you can afford a Boat. What if you have That's a career right. in independent journalism? Uh, you can Boats afford. Boats abound. We're going to talk about donations <laughs> later. And the, bar, the Barbie well, Vespa. <laughs> we got off topic. Do you have the last? Uh, you have. 1960s? I have quite a few more. If you'll oh, allow me to continue. Just hit us with one continue. more. No, well, okay. I think let, let's give us give us a big list. We, okay, we don't yeah. have to discuss everyone. And also, I just wanted to say, fun fact: never, I've never had a Barbie. Really? Was not allowed to have Barbies. So fair enough. I'm getting, I know. I'm getting Lincoln Barbies for Christmas. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't. OK, okay. fine. All right. So 1960, there's there's two, they, uh, two top two, two top toys, whatever I'm saying. So the G.I. Joe, which is not a doll and the Easy Bake Oven, which was inspired by the pretzel vendors of New York City. So it's two 100 watt light bulbs that heat pre-mixes of food to 350 degrees and that cooks them. In the 60s? In the 60s. I bet those were people, really people want to say that the G.I. Right. Joe is not a... The original G.I. Joe was totally a doll. It's totally. not a doll. It was totally a doll. Totally and I say a doll. that as someone mm. that collected G.I. Joe's when mm -hmm. I was younger. Yeah. Who was but your the, favorite G.I. Joe? Oh, Snake Eyes. Topside. Snake, a, snake Eyes? In the Navy. For, me, for me, it was Snake Eyes and Gung Ho. I don't know these words. I like Let's these. do the 70s. Topside had a, an orange <laughs> life preserver vest. All right, 70s. 70s Star Wars action figures. If you have any, today they're worth $30,000. The <gasps> 80s Cabbage Patch Kids, because yes, children need to adopt their own kids. Mm -hmm. um, Three million were purchased in their first year, and that was actually the beginning of people trampling each other in stores to get a Christmas gift. So that was uh, all thanks to the Cabbage Patch Kids, which I did have one of those. I, so just I got so 90s. You, I know 90s. What is it? Beanie Babies. You're right. Yes. 
And they range anywhere in price from $5 to $13,000 because the toy company Warner or something like Ty. that. Ty. Ty. Ty was the company. Ty. Um, uh, would do like scarcity, like plan scarcity. So they were My, my sister was a Beanie Baby fanatic. Yeah. And so we had a house full of Beanie Babies Ooh. when I was younger. Yeah. A lot so. of Beanie Baby graveyards out in garages across America. <laughs> <laughs> Just boxes and boxes. I think we have a mausoleum. <laughs> 2000s. Uh, I'm guessing. I don't have it. Oh, well, then I'm, I was oh, guessing well, Tickle Me Elmo. I think it was actually. I yeah, did Tickle see Tickle Me Elmo that. was the 90s. Mm. I don't know. We're going to go. All right. We're it probably gonna, was the 90s, but I think uh, I think um, Xbox or Wii or one of those things was yeah. 2000. Oh, it's got to be a video game. System yeah, it was a there. video game system of well, some sort. Well, now we've led in. We're going to move on. We've led into our big question. How big is this question? It's so big. OK. Today's question involves your gift based holiday. And we want to know. I want to know from each of you guys. What is your gift giving strategy what what do you, what do you consider each family has their own different set of rules maybe you you have a huge family so you only get one gift per person or you only get you know you choose a person and they choose another person and somebody else chooses you or do you just shower your family with as many gifts as possible i re-gift a peach candle every year that's all that's <laughs> as in you already had it <laughs> I just somehow end up with one again and it goes back out into the world. Okay. My, my family had a, uh, a tradition like that. There was this, um, on my, my dad's side of the family, there was this old, I have no idea when someone got it. It must've been like the early eighties or something like that, but it was like a, like a little portable lazy Susan, like this little plastic lazy Susan. It couldn't have cost more than like I don't know, a dollar when someone bought it. And that thing has been re-gifted in my dad's family now for 30 some odd wow. years. Every year, someone gets the Lazy Susan. That's pretty good. I kind of like that. That's good. Andrea? My strategy? Yeah. I feel like my, my family's gifting protocols have just kind of like fallen apart in recent years because we're not usually together and things like that. Um, my general gifting strategy, I like to get people things that are like either a really nice version of something that they like that they wouldn't necessarily splurge on, but I already know that they like the category of thing um, or something that's like very useful that they, that they don't realize is going to be useful. And once they have it, they're mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, this How did I ever live life. before this? Yeah. For instance, I've not gotten anybody, for instance, a knife sharpener, but I have a really ni nice knife sharpener. I just sharpened in the back knives. Of my head I sharpened knives this gift. weekend. While holding yeah. a Barbie toilet and playing with a slinky. I'm a, Functional. You have man. an active life. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm useful. <laughs> I am a useful man. Uh, okay, now you, Andrea. What's your strategy? Well, I'll tell you my strategy in in a minute. You said that you try to get you you know something that somebody likes and you go down the rabbit hole with it. And you did that recently. Oh, I did for do this father. recently, and I was telling Angela and Trace about this the other day. Um, I don't know if my dad's going to listen to this, but if so, he should stop now for. Mm -hmm. until after Christmas. Spoiler alert. Um, so my dad, my dad does this thing where he really gets into a food of some sort for a year or two and just eats it every day. It's such a dad thing. It's yeah, it's a big dad thing. So right now it's marmalade and he's really into marmalade and he loves an English muffin with marmalade, which honestly is fantastic. Anyway, I just went down a big rabbit hole of trying to find him really nice marmalades. Cause I think he's just eating, you know, smuckers, 
whatever. And uh-huh. I found out there's this marmalade festival in England. And I found out who all the gold prize winners of the marmalade festival are. I found out that Scotland is apparently where the best marmalades are from. Anyway, I ended up spending so much money on marmalade. How much money did you spend on marmalade? So uh, I'm curious real quick. So what is the difference between like a marmalade compared to like a jam or jelly? Do you not? Because I, you know I don't actually know. I have it pulled up right here. Well, it so has to do I, with citrus remember, peel. It's well. Here's here's what okay. I have. This is from masterclass.com, and the article they've they've done the SEO like that's exactly what we were asking. Jam is made from whole or cut up pieces of fruit with sugar. Jelly is made only from the fruit juice and sugar. Marmalade is preserves made with citrus using the whole fruit along with the rind. Mm. So, so, now, so marmalade specifically jam. has to be a citrus fruit. I get. I don't know. Is yeah, that okay. Okay. All right. All right. What did you? How much did you spend on marmalade? Because I may be able to top you on on ridiculous expenses. Well, I know which expense you're talking about, and yours is far more than I spent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't really want to say the exact amount because my dad might listen to this. Okay. And I feel like that's slightly it, gauche. It's decadent, though. Yeah, he's gonna have a decadent. It was English more than muffin. fifty. Okay, mm-hmm. which Such is a, a lot good daughter. for. for like jelly basically (laughs) but yeah i like found this guy in san francisco who makes these small batch exotic citrus marmalades artisan artisan marmalade yeah that makes like gold star winning marmalade anyway i wish i were in lady marmalade Marmalade. it was quite fun and kind of stupid (laughs) okay so so my so my gift giving strategy and i my situation is weird. I, I have a real small family. I'm like the biological end of both sides of my family. And like, there's no one under the age of 60 other than me and my like blood relatives, right? So I'm like still the child. So people are just like, oh yeah, you get like a bunch of gifts, you know? And I've tried to like get people like, I don't need 15 gifts, you know, just leave, you know, it, I feel, you feel guilty about it, right? Like, I don't want this much stuff, you know? And then like, you know, what do you need? And like a few years ago, my dad got me, like he thought it was hilarious. He got me a set of refrigerator magnets that were just cat butts. And I like cats, but I was just like, who needs? <laughs> but the butt is the least favorite part. The, the butt is 100% the least favorite part. I, I like the teeth of it. I'd rather be bit by a cat than look at a cat butt, right? Much less like on the, like, I'm going to the refrigerator. Let me, oh, cat butts. Anyway, so I just get weird stuff, you know? So I'm hoping that like with the pandemic that like they just keep it real narrow cast. Like a few years ago, I tried to get my I was like, let's go like back in time. And can I just get some like spices, you know, like, and, and that's what I did. So that's great. But so I really only shop for my mom and my my dad. And I always try to get like three things each because, you know, I can like farm them out because as the as the baby of the family, like I'm the only one who can functionally like get down on the floor and like rifle under the Christmas tree and hand out gifts. Because he's still a baby. I am. Yeah. Just goo 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 With his Barbie toilet. Right. Um. That thing was pretty sweet. It explains the slinky. Um, (laughs) So the, what was I going to say? Okay, so, but I'm like way behind this year. And this gets to the next question of like, how stressed are you about this? Like I haven't, I've done, I've only done, I've, I have accomplished a gift for my girlfriend that is way, it's been stuck in the closet. You guys know about it. She might listen to this. Last night I feel like about we that. accomplished that gift for your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You I encouraged wanna, me to do it. You said, go ahead and do it. My name should be on the tag. I'm just saying. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, but other than that, I'm like way behind. Like I, you just heard me ask my mom, like, what do you want? She was like, well, you planted some tulip bulbs for me last week. Like, that's good enough. And I'm like, that's not a Christmas gift. You know, like plant, like digging a hole in the ground is it not a Christmas gift. It can be if you gift. find some really fancy tulips. <laughs> <laughs> you no, I didn't it. provide the tulips. She had the tulips. She just needed help digging the hole. 
There may so be I dug a hole. artisanal tulip bulbs and sand That's what friends. she wants, though. She and wants your help digging the hole, yeah. and that means a lot to her. And yeah. just like, just as an aside, she's an archaeologist, and the speed with which she dug her hole. Oh, she's probably really good at digging. Oh, it was, she was slinging dirt. My dad was watching, and he was like, you throw dirt like a grave digger. Yeah, she but there's just a, like, I thought archaeologists were really fine-tuned with like the little toothbrush, like gotta, the little paintbrush. Well, yeah, once you hit something, but you got to get, I mean, so she's just slinging dirt and I'm like using this little shovel. I looked like an idiot anyway. But so she did tell me one thing that my dad would want and it has to do with scarcity in the pandemic. So my dad, who just for anybody who knows him, knows he will not be listening to this podcast. So I can say what I'm I'm getting him. (laughs) He doesn't like cell phones. He doesn't, he calls it my magic phone. Um, So I use my magic phone to look up and purchase something on Amazon that he has not been able to find since the pandemic started. Apparently, there's been an aluminum shortage. And if you're in Britain, there's been an aluminum shortage. And that has forced beverage companies to prioritize their types of beverages that they will can, right? And so for PepsiCo, apparently diet caffeine-free Pepsi is down the list Mm. and has not been produced much since the pandemic started. Not too popular. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Right. Because it's just, I think they made a good choice. Just aspartame in water with yeah, like some food coloring. Brown water? It is. But this is what he has drank for years. That's and, one in the gold can. Which is right? good because like Oh, is who it? needs yeah, gold because he would he'll stay up late watching movies. Like he doesn't need to be chugging more Pepsis. It's at, the know, champagne can't. of soda pop. Exactly. Yeah, it is I don't know. Pure about flavor. That. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh so he hasn't been able to get it. He and like my mom's been looking for it at the store and it's just not around. So she said, pull up your magic phone. And so I found a, a case of it and I was like, oh, $22 for a 24 pack of this. I was like, that seems like a ripoff, but I'll, but sure, I'll get it. It seems like a good deal. I go through, I click it all buy, boom, shipping. Mm-hmm. Realize after that that it's also like a $26 shipping fee. Yes. So he is getting a $48 case of diet caffeine free oh. Pepsi as one of his Christmas Papa presents. Savage will so love that. He's going to be, uh, my mom is, says he's going to be thrilled. So I got to figure out two other things uh, to get him. I don't know. If you, by the way, if you're like a local merchant and you're like, listening to this as you as you watch no one walk by your storefront just like get in the get in the comments and and tell me what like a 70 Help him, 7 please. year old man should have for christmas or if you make marmalade or i would, if you I would, make be, I would <laughs> seriously be interested in local marmalade i think that would be fantastic yeah and if you have toys for a 5 year, 6 year old oh i'm done on that I'm oh good. you've already okay so what have you well you can't yeah is lincoln going to listen to this on his <laughs> way to <laughs> i think he'd rather believe in santa than listen to a podcast with my voice in it um no i'm super stressed i'm like 2000 2,078% stressed. Um, I now have two families. I have an adopted family and a biological family. Biologically now, I have all these sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews, and it's wonderful, but it has uh, just really thrown me for a loop on who to buy and what to buy. So this year, I'm trying to scale it down, scale it back. And I have a precious boyfriend whose family I'm going to go see for the first time, you know, be around the extended family for Christmas. That's kind of our first year to do that. And so I just don't want to show up empty handed. So I'm trying to find the perfect small under $10 item for all of these people I've never met. Oh, that's Ooh. good. So, Marma- that's hard. You, you should check out marmalades. I might. <laughs> They're not under $10. <laughs> <laughs> the artisanal ones. Smuckers. Ones. Smuckers. <laughs> so, um, babe, if you're listening, I told, I know you told me not to worry about it, but I am you're worried about it. You're stressing. You're sweating. Super, we yeah. can see you. Yes. Yeah. 
So okay. Anyways. So the reason you're stressed about this, and I'm going, I'm opening a book. Speaking of my archaeologist mother, uh, who and the anthropology background I have, I grew up watching weird uh, it, uh, scientific videos about bonobos. Google that if you need to know why I'm a weird person. And uh, so I just opened a book called The Gift by Marcel Mauss, uh, who is a French uh, anthropologist. And he wrote this, I think, in French uh, in 1950 originally. Oui, oui, uh -huh. I had this from one of my Dr. Carl Rambo, uh, my intro to anthro class in college. And I was looking back through it and I thought it was going to be like a just a, your just infra, a quote machine. Your intro to anthro was taught by Dr. Rambo. Rambo. That's yeah, that is okay. true. Yeah. Can we <laughs> okay. use that? Let's use that as the Instagram plug. right? Yeah. Okay. So I found this. So there. It's about the gift, and this book is interesting. It's all—it's sort of like the preeminent. It was the original, uh, you know, work about gifting all over the world, and it talks a lot about um, like potlatch, which is like a sort of uh, Pacific-ish, uh, you know, um, different cultures do different forms of potlatch, uh, which is like a ceremony where you give things away, or you even maybe destroy things, or things of that nature. Anyway, so it says. Here's a subhead. The three obligations to give, to receive, to reciprocate, uh -huh. right? Peach candle. So, so right. Peach <laughs> candle. So you can't, you don't want to be caught giving without, or you don't want to be caught getting without giving. Yes, that's and, true. And you don't want to be caught like not reciprocating, yes. right? So we just did that with like birthdays in October in mm -hmm. our office. Like we all got each other, mm -hmm. you know, different things, which I think we all knocked it out of the park. Right? We're amazing. Yeah. What did we get? We Did we talk about this on the last episode? No, but I definitely got a gift card to Rage Cage so I can go and scream and throw things. Yeah, and I need to do that. To break stuff. We got you, Andrea, like a. Like a facial gift certificate, which I have not cash yet i have to confess but i have you rage caged? i think about it i haven't rage caged. <laughs> so that and i have and you guys got me salsa dancing lessons we did that's what we did none of us have used any of these but i things. think we all feel very satisfied with the but, exchange but right yeah. it's exactly the point <laughs> we here. have so, reciprocated right we reciprocated we get so it was like a ceremonial deal in our office here for our three october birthdays mine's in july oh <laughs> <laughs> what is time uh, you know but so I wanted to read, I'm on page 12. I'm in the first chapter, The Exchange of Gifts and this deal. I want to read just a couple sentences. Uh, and there's a whole lead into this one. But it's, hence it follows that to make a gift of something to someone is to make a present of some part of oneself, right? Mm. And so it's like, if you give, you know, it's it's more than just the item that you're, you're giving, right? And then I've got sort of a longer uh, paragraph over here. The obligation to give is no less important. It's talking about the obligation to receive. Like if someone gives you something like you have to say, like it's better to say like, thank you, even though you might want to be humble and be like, no, this is too much. You shouldn't have. Right. But like if you physically say like you shouldn't have, the person's like, I don't know, shouldn't I have? Mm -hmm. You know, that's yes. weird. So you have to like suck it up and say thank you and like be appreciative. Right? You're giving them a gift back by being appreciative and saying right, thank exactly. you. Right, exactly. The obligation, as we said on this other page, the three obligations are to give, to receive, and to reciprocate. So the obligation to give is no less important than the others, right? A study of it might enable us to understand how people have become exchangers of goods and services. We can only point out a few facts. To refuse to give, to fail to invite, just as to refuse to accept, is tantamount to declaring war. It is to reject the bond of alliance and commonality. 
Also, one gives because one is compelled to do so, because the recipient possesses some kind of right of property over anything that belongs to the donor. This ownership is expressed and conceived of as a spiritual bond, right? Now, we don't think about that actively when we go buy Beanie Babies and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, that's, I mean, that's I the do. basis, like that's the, the mm-hmm. spiritual basis. Do you guys of like getting gifts? I think some people find getting gifts to be a stressful experience. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I told you, I don't like, like it in younger, when I was younger, sometimes my parents would just buy me again, only child, no other, you know, nieces and nephews to buy for. Like I would get a ton of stuff and I would feel weird about it. Like mm-hmm. I got so much stuff. I don't want all the like, mom, dad, it's too much. You shouldn't have. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that was stressful sometimes. That's a hard life. Um, I don't know. <laughs> or like you get like a you, clothing you don't like. Yeah. I mean, that's just a rite of passage. That's just like, that's just going to happen. That has to happen to you. Yeah. What about you? Do you Um, get stressed by getting? No, I like to get things. I just, I think I'm hard to get for. I think I'm kind of picky and, um, you know, there's that, but I, are we cutting? Are we stopping for a second? No, we're good. I was trying to see how long we'd gone so far. Oh, Okay. 40 minutes? Yeah. Cripes. Okay, we're ready yeah. to Okay, are we are we okay. putting a bow on the gifting thing? Any other kind of thoughts? What was your best gift ever you got? Do you want to do the love languages or no? Ooh, I forgot to take my quiz. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys, you yeah, talk homework. about talk about love languages. I'll take my quiz. I think I know what my love languages are. Okay. Go ahead, Angela. All right. So that kind of leads me into one of my favorite things. And um, my boyfriend will tell you that I am... Uh, actively harping on the five love languages a lot right now. (laughs) Um, So they are, if you haven't heard of them, there's a book by Gary Chapman that outlines the five love languages. You can take a quiz on their website for free to figure out like how, you know, um, what your percentages are, what your top one is. And your your. am I taking the singles quiz? Are you single? No. So I take the couples quiz. Yes. But uh, but my partner's not here. That's okay. Okay. Continue to quiz. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so the, f- the five love languages are quality time, acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, and gifts. Um, my order is, I mean, I love and want them all, but my top is words of affirmation. And then the last one for me is gifts. Um, so I was going to ask, what are y'all's? But you didn't do your homework. I did my homework. You did? Only oh, good girl. Do his good homework. girl. Okay, so what's your... So Tell me. I was actually surprised. My top ones were gifts and acts of service. Nice. Um, I kind of thought it would be words of affirmation because I think of myself as like pretty verbal, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, when you take the quiz, it kind of compares these two things. And every time I was like, oh, I would just be like, I'm so touched when somebody thinks of me and Mm -hmm. gets me something that just feels really special where Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm obviously like love compliments as well. Um, Who doesn't? But yeah, but I don't find it like really touching. Yeah, it doesn't feed your soul. Yeah. Yeah, I have to have compliments like constantly. (laughs) <laughs> well, you look really nice oh, thank today. thank you. Thank you. I'm literally in my pajamas. Um, so there is an app, Love Nudge, if you uh, want to uh, be more cognizant of the love languages with your cu- with your significant other. But I do have a holiday gift guide for each of Ooh. the love languages. Is this something you put together? Um, so the love language, uh, the five love languages website has a holiday gift guide. But then I, looking upon that, I just had 
had some other thoughts. Okay. So this is, so this is yours. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm um, really excited. <laughs> are you so excited? <laughs> um, so acts of service is uh-huh. like doing something for someone, helping out with the laundry. Planting or the tulips. Planting the tulips. Exactly. They had on the website a honeydew bank. It was like this um, gorgeous little wooden box. And just uh, I would, you know, write down like vacuum or paint the house. And then I would drop that in the box. And then my significant other would get into the box and find different acts of service. Vacuum or paint the house. You know, just a range, just a wide range of things. There's a five minute task. There's a three week task, you know, just that kind of stuff. Um, So, but then I was like, you know, or a last minute, the all time favorite last minute handmade coupon book. Uh, isn't that like your kind of go-to like, oh crap, I don't have a gift for like my mom for her birthday. So let me just make her a coupon book. Like I'll rub your feet for 10 minutes. Here's a coupon. I remember making those as a kid. I don't remember ever having them cashed in. Oh uh-huh, yeah, and that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. they never get cashed in. Sort, sort of like our birthday gifts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just the it's the thought. That but comes. okay, yeah, and I'm actually so, so my significant other, his primary love language is acts of service, and I actually think I might do the coup, the coupon book. I'm sort of into it. So then, quality time, you could do like a staycation, or I think you could just like put your phone down and like stare into their eyes while they tell you their hopes and dreams. In that case, but do you have to like tell them it's like gift time beginning now? <laughs> Phone, phone going off. away. Begin. This is your gift. <laughs> exactly. Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe there's a coupon for that. Um, and then words of affirmation. There's this cool thing called NoteCube. I think just NoteCube.com or something like that. Um, you can do a hard copy or digital, but it makes all these um, really nice little square note cards that have these affirming sort of lovey sayings and you put in your significant other's name and then all these qualities about them, 10 to 20 qualities, and it just sort of generates all these things. So if you're not good with words, but your person loves to have words spewed at them, then um, this is a good idea. Would you like receiving those? I would love it. I mean, so my top is words of affirmation and I'm like, you know, you could do the no cube or you could just write a letter or a poem. It's not that Mm -hmm. hard. Oh my gosh. But for some people it is. So I just, uh, yeah, people just telling me nice things about myself or (laughs) writing down nice things about how wonderful I am is just like the air that I breathe. So duly noted. Great information. Boss writes down (laughs) notes. I completed my quiz and it told me, by the way, what I already knew, Uh which is that my primary love language is physical touch. Okay. And then my second one most, the other ones are actually pretty even. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like that happens. Yeah, but I I don't know. I Quality time, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would, I don't That's know. one of my lower ones. It's like, no, get away from me. Just tell me I'm beautiful and then go away. Re- receiving <laughs> gifts is like Of course you want to hang out. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, like we're already hanging out. I think also when you take the quiz, it kind of like depends on where you are in your relationship. Yeah. You know, like if you're really missing a certain thing, then you're going to answer that a lot. You know, I also feel like I would be thinking of like certain scenarios or people in one question and another one I would be thinking of another scenario or yeah, person. That's true. And that's I true. think kind that's why change. I wanted to know are you singles taking the and singles couples. and the couples yes, or yeah. the teens quiz. Uh-huh. Anyway, you can go to five like number five lovelanguages.com to take your, you can. your deal. So for physical touch, I'm just like, uh, you know, a hug maybe or something a little ratio. A Christmas hug? Yeah, Christmas hug. Um, put a bow on yourself Coupons. and hug your partner. Mr. Physical Touch over here is looking not very happy about the Christmas <laughs> hug. Like the Christmas hug. <laughs> um, and then gifts. I mean, you know, that is a love language, a love language. But I think the point about um, the gift is that is like Andrea was saying, if 
the gift is very thoughtful and personal. And it's like, you can tell this person knows you really well, listens to you and really put the thought into this present. It's not just a last minute handmade coupon book, which is what I'm going to do. So, yeah, I mean, now we know everything. You're welcome. Okay, everyone, great. your Christmas I think list have been, yeah, have been Gifting solved. sorted out. Yeah. Check. Perfect. Okay. So let's move into, well, we're talking about uh, physical touch. Let's move into having relations. Having relations. So I don't have that many donors to thank today. I just wanted to get more permission from peeps to say their names on a podcast, but I do have Andrea Groswald, Daniel Miley, Barbara Barati, Marilyn Davidson, Angie LaPaglia, the Oklahoma Community Foundation, and then two of my favorite donors I just wanted to throw in there, Christian Schubel and Allie Glavis. Yes, girls, yes. Um, and then last but not least, Ruth Garrison uh, may, is a donor, and she also said, I always end up at non-doc during election season when I'm doing my ballot research. Good objective information. Keep it up. So thank you, Ruth Garrison. And you keep you up. And then if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, let us have it. So email us at info at nondoc and tell us your feelings. Um, we got some feedback about the podcast. Does anybody want to hear that? Yes, please. Leslie said, really enjoyed the podcast. It was interesting and very useful. What really? was useful last week? I don't know. <laughs> That's just being nice. And then Joe said the podcast was funnier than I thought it would or could be. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Okay, we've got both the, of the big <laughs> offer going here yeah. to pull out a couple sponsors. We want to thank our sponsors. Let's each pick one out. Wait, can okay. you guys explain to me, what's the difference between a donor and a sponsor? So a donor is like an individual who gives us, you know, a contribution either one time or monthly or something like that. And a sponsor would be like an organization or an entity or a business that wants to, uh, you know, donate, uh, but gets a little bit of like a thank you on the site as a result of it. It's usually like a larger amount mm -hmm. of money. Okay. Could be five grand, 10 grand, whatever it might whatever be. Whatever you have. Uh, I'd do, <laughs> we'll do the same one I drew last time. Oh, really? I thought I, I tried well, to take all Well, we that still out. really appreciate the local 157 Oklahoma City Firefighters Union. Yes, we do. We'd really appreciate you guys. Uh, Andrea, who'd you get? Hillary Communications. Nice. Wonderful. They, the, mm -hmm. they make it possible for print publications to share or to reprint our content in their print publications. So thank you so much, uh, Hillary, JJ Francais down, Francais down there, uh, that whole team. Thank you guys so much. Who'd I've got that Overman Legal Group. Ah, if you have interest in legal advice, uh, both on a criminal front or on a marijuana front or the combination of the two, uh, <laughs> Overman Legal Group, also Climb Collective, great folks, uh, 36th, um, good team, good team. Blake Johnson, Blake's a donor of ours, actually, I believe. So thank you guys so much. Bryce? Oh, uh, yeah, I got uh, AARP. Nice. Okay. I think, did we thank them last time? I feel yeah. like we did. I think they were on last time. I don't know. No, what, no. We I need to keep better We got to get a better hopper yeah, going I need on a here. System. I pulled another one out. The Oklahoma Public School Resource Center. want to mm -hmm. tell Brent Bushy, uh, Merry Christmas. Hope you're doing well. Hope They're you're feeling all right. That's an amazing sponsor. Sorry we had to, I had to whip your butt in fantasy football this year. Okay, great. Um, so that was having relations. We've got just a little quick segment. Um, Matt at the media. Now I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. Royally pissed. Mm -hmm. People often get mad at the media. Uh, since our last podcast recording uh, on December 9th, 
There was a story put out by the Frontier and Tulsa, readfrontier.org. They also have a podcast, I think. They uh, do similar stuff to what we do. And uh, Ben Felder, who uh, actually is like the head of their podcast, I think, he did a story um, using anonymous sources who uh, said that the governor uh, of Oklahoma, Kevin, Kevin Stitt, Governor Kevin Stitt, uh, had called um, a had called Mercy executives and said uh, and, and expressed concern or frustration over quote fear mongering uh, about capacity issues and things of that nature and. Uh, a woman named Carly Atchison, who is on the communications set staff in in some capacity in the in the governor's office, uh, you know, didn't take too kindly to it um, and said, put out a tweet, said, imagine this very sad and desperate story based on anonymous sources is, quote, unbiased journalism. Yikes at Reed Frontier. And it got ratioed, which is sort of the theme for the mad at the media thing. We right? love that. And a lot of media members uh, were stressed out like everybody else. A lot of media members replied and were, you know, defensive of the story. And, uh, you know, then some sewer roosters, as we talked about, you know, said mean things about Carly. Uh, sewer roosters? Not just up to their next uh, in shit crawling every morning on oh. social media. Okay. Yes. So um, I think we should define we, it every we had, yeah. <laughs> we had that exact same exchange in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. I, that is, last I mean, literally, that was I like, don't that, remember that at all. We had, like, you guys had all, it. Yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah. I thought you were over there, like, nodding. I was like, under the table. I was under the table drinking lemon water. It was, it was Andrea. You, that's right. You guys had <laughs> yeah. the exact same exchange. Anyway, so, so, you know, there were some responses and, and, uh, you know, it's it is interesting, right? Like I think that that the use of anonymous sources is always there's a re- a risk and a reward, right? And but the the really the like from a media standpoint, the like really great story out of this is the frontier. Like us, is a nonprofit, a five hundred one c three, and uh, you can go to readfrontier.org to donate and support them. You can go to nondoc.com to donate and support us. But uh, they uh, tweeted out like the next day that thanks to a certain tweet, we had one of our best fundraising days of the year. Mm. Um, can I just add real quick about anonymous sources? Yeah. Is that like, I think it is an interesting issue where it's like, if you're kind of like in the business, you sort of know what the protocols are for using anonymous sources, which is that like the reporter and the editor, like this is how it should work, right? The right. reporter and the editor both vet this source. You know, they're not just like dropping an anonymous email in your inbox and then you publish it. Um, yeah. And I think it's one of those things where behind the scene, you're like, oh, anonymous sources, sometimes there's good reason to use them. And we do this vetting process and it's a solid process where if, as a reader, I think that often doesn't come across. And it's yeah. just sort of like, oh, you're just letting anyone say anything and not use their name, which sometimes happens as well. And that's a problem. Right. right. And the re- and, and perception is, you know, more important than reality. Right. And so you're always running that risk that if if I'm relying on anonymous sources as the entire crux of an article, then there's going to be people who don't believe that inherently. We saw that with, was it the Atlantic that did the original piece on uh, President Trump's uh, statements at, at uh, the military cemetery? You remember I don't that remember. during the election yeah. cycle, and and there he made I, disparaging. I think that that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he you know allegedly in the article made disparaging remarks. Now, in that one, it was interesting. Nobody ever came back out and said. None of the you know high-ranking military people rushed to his defense. I mean, it, it it's and there were other even Fox News, you know, their reporter said I've verified with five people who said yeah. this is exactly what happened. Well, I mean, that, with the that Trump was the big and, sorry, deal. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so what I was going to say is, 
that wasn't exactly how the the frontier story played out, right? Is that um, originally they had a statement that didn't really address whether this was true. And, and I know Ben did a really interesting thread, an informative thread behind the scenes, how he worked this. But by 10 o'clock that night, Channel 4 did a story about this. And Mercy sent a statement to Channel 4 saying this is false, or saying essentially the governor did not call to talk about this issue. So, you know, that's the that's the 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 risk, right, is that all it takes is is the institution, which, you know, from a political standpoint, could easily be pressured into saying, say, this is false. Right. Because they're looking for I mean, hospitals are I don't know if you know this, uh, they are often involved in major decisions and there's a lot of politics in play, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it, it, it was an interesting deal. There's a lot on Twitter about this. Um, the good news again was that the frontier raised a lot of money, people supporting them. Uh, but it is always a question of, you know, how do you use anonymous sources? And I'm trying to think to the extent that, that I've done this, I've, I've, we've used anonymous sources a lot before you joined the team, Andrea, but it was usually like to say something like the story was, you know, provable with documents or whatever, but the anonymous source was to get that quote, you know, one time, um, I had a source in the Republican in the Oklahoma house. Uh, I was doing a story about how County commissioner, Kevin Calvey was a registered, in addition to being a County commissioner, he was a registered lobbyist, uh, against abortion. And he was up at the Capitol and, and, you know, I said, I, you know, this is, I have all the documents. I even talked to Calvi, all this stuff or whatever, but I used the anonymous source because the quote was that's fucked up. And so <laughs> that was like the great, you know, I didn't, that lawmaker wasn't going to put his name on it, but you know, that was the yeah, quote. exactly. Like usually it's someone who is scared of getting fired or harmed in some other way. Right. Like there has to be a reason that you need to be anonymous in order to go anonymous. Yeah. Otherwise, like journalists really shouldn't be using sources. And sometimes it's also like with the Trump administration, there's been a lot of like, it's people inside the administration who are leaking these things and they won't do it on the record. And so the only way to report on some of this stuff is if you're using these leaks, you know? Right. Anyway, it's a, it's a tricky business. It is a tricky business. I mean, I, I, I believe, you know, based on the reputation that that, that probably happened, but it is, you know, even difficult as a, as a journalist, right? So the governor had a press conference like two days later. Um, and I got a text after that press conference was over because nobody asked about this story. Right. And, uh, and Ben was on, he wasn't at the press conference. He was on the, the zoom call or whatever portion of it, but he, he asked a different question about vaccines. Um, and so I got a text message from a lobbyist afterwards who said, Hey, so, uh, you didn't ask about, you know, uh, Felder's story, like what nobody want to ask about that. And I, I replied and I was like, well, that, that's a good question. But I mean, here's the, you know, you got to consider this, like, I didn't talk to any of those people. I don't know who those anonymous sources are. I, I didn't, nobody called me and said, this is what happened. So it's a little difficult for me to, to then jump in at a press conference and, you know, feel like I'm asking an accurate or fair question because all I know is what, was said anonymously in another person's story, it would have been up to Ben to ask the follow-up question, I would think appropriately. Like I wouldn't, if I did a story with anonymous sources, I wouldn't think that other journalists would, would, you know, start hammering people with questions based on those anonymous sources. Yeah, it would make more sense talked. for Ben to do it because right, he has the background right. info on but what's But the going public, on. to your point, the public doesn't always know, you know, I think this person was asking me kind of like, why did no one, he wasn't upset about it, but it was just like, why did no one follow up on that? And I think, I, at least for Did, me, the, the governor reason, didn't comment for Ben's story originally, right? Uh, his office said had a comment originally. Okay. 
Um, and it is interesting, right? Because I mean, the whole thing, I, it, anyway, it was, I mean, I think, think it was a, a really interesting story, really interesting, you know, uh, journal, you know, insider journalism, uh, you know, put your, put your professor hat on and like talk this <laughs> through because, you know, there's in journalism, a lot of time, there's not always super right answers. You try to make not the wrong decision, but there, you could, you could have three different newsrooms be faced with the same situation and have three different perceptions about what's the most ethical and, you know, fair way to handle something. And so, yeah, for sure. you know, the, the good news is that the, the frontier, uh, you know, seems to, to handle those, uh, in a responsible way. And, and I, you know, Ben has that reputation to, to be trusted in that regard, but it is tough and you don't want to do it too much because, uh, it can burn you. And I've, I burned an anonymous source one time to be really? honest with you, uh, or didn't it, it I included one detail too many about who it was hmm. and the p other people involved in the story figured it out. And it was like one of the worst days of my professional career. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I really just caused problems, you know, in the, the standard I've heard before is that even their mother should be able to read it and not know that they're reading oh, about a, their kid. That's an interesting, you know, it can't be like yeah. the brown haired lobbyist or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, uh, we're going to put a bow on this 2020. We're having a long podcast because you've got nothing else to do through the end of the year. Um, is that it, or do we have... Well, listen, there's one more thing. Uh... I have one more question. Okay, what is that question? Um, so it's a real rapid-fire question. I think, you know, we don't need to dwell on it too much, but I'm curious, what animal do you think most deserves to go extinct and why? Oh, gosh, the flea. The mosquito. Actually, that, I mean, that's no, an insect. I, I'm glad, I'm glad you said I, I, that. I would like, yeah, I'm more curious about animals because I think mosquitoes are the obvious one, right? Well, so it needs to be in the kingdom animalia is what we're saying. Well, but I a, don't really know mosquito, what that means, but A mosquito sure. would be in the kingdom animalia. I think that's true. Yeah. No, but see, it's funny that you said that because I would have immediately said mosquito as well. It, I, I, I wish I had time to look it up and everything, but there was a study done not long ago that I believe they found that mosquitoes are one of the rare animals that if they, they were to just disappear, there would be almost no negative impact yes. on like the world ecosystem. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that's hmm. why I say, yeah, that sounds they great. do. That's yeah, what's up. They're terrible. Get them out of here. Maybe we just have a consensus but, answer but on this one. <laughs> if you, want a, if you want a real answer, I'll give mine just because I'm kind of passionate about it. Um, horses. <gasps> what? I, what? Ponies? Yes, no, I know. And I get that exact reaction every time I say, I hate horses. Oh my God. With an all-consuming passion, I hate. So them. you're not wow. into pony play, is what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew. No, no, wait, no. If you I, had under three episodes for when I first make a joke about pony play, if, yeah. if the if the question is like our personal preference, my personal preference would be horses. And I do understand that horses do have that is uh, a wild choice. Horses why? are good. Horses just, are great. Why? I, I spent why? Uh, why? When, when my wife uh, when our when she was pregnant with our, our first uh, kid, um, I was kind of a freelance worker. Um, and I spent three solid weeks um, working the horse shows at the fairgrounds. Um, it was the three most miserable weeks of my life. Really? Um, and and what did horses do to you? That I can't, we so can't even, fun. We gotta, we gotta, I, I guess you know you know if I, if I'm honest now, like sitting here and saying it out loud, a, a little bit of reflection. It was probably more the horse people. Um, uh, horse people. Horse but then you're really not going to like pony play. I mean, <laughs> but I, but I associate without the horses, there'd be no horse people. 
So it's so facto. So maybe it's the, the humans horse. that need to go. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer. That is my answer. Humans, hands down. Like I, I said this since the beginning of the pandemic. Like I'm not sure we had a good enough discussion as a society on like whether we should save humanity. Right? Uh-huh. Like we, mm. like we we, out. humans are parasites. Like there's a whole there's a whole field of study about like. Like, name me an animal other than, like, cats and dogs that have been domesticated. And even you can make an argument that we really fucked up dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the ones that, like, can't breed anymore. Well, and, they were all, they. Well, yeah. I mean, dogs used to be wolves. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was dogs. And now you look at a, like, a Pekingese, that's what we've turned them mm-hmm. into. Right, yeah. So, even that. I know but, like, these. there's no other, there's no other, like, species, really, that is better off because humans exist. We We have categorically made life worse for pretty much every other certainly animal on the planet yeah we suck and so we yeah. really suck. so just like if if one had to go i'm not saying like today but maybe in the next like 100 years like yeah if, if you told me that like 100 years from now humanity is going to be extinct I'd be like yeah that's that seems like the logical yeah. culmination of this right like wh- there's no there's well, no problem but, but the there. question is who would we want to go extinct? Who most right? deserves to go extinct? That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, then that's different. It could yeah. also be well, human. Right? Yeah. No, we, we don't need to be like super have, precise. We were talking about this before question. this podcast started about like recycling and like just like you take like a computer monitor to a place and you think it's you're they're like we'll take care of this and then it just ends up in a river in China and there's I mean yeah like we're. This, humans are not Nuh-uh. helping. Have you heard of the Great Nuh-uh. Pacific Garbage Patch? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like birds all over. Not, not only is seafood not going to exist in the next thirty years, I'm out. other than like in a like a barn, you know, in like McCurtain County or something like that, like raising shrimp, but like. <laughs> Like, we, like <laughs> birds are, are come on down to the shrimp barn. Yeah, exactly. Like ocean, like specifically in the Pacific, like there will all be, these there birds are dying. Yeah, and yes. all these birds are dying. They eat. They do nothing but eat plastic, and then they just they die, and their stomachs get open up, and there's just like bottle caps and everything. You, like human, we are. We Trace just is very. Are we are the virus. I'm hundred percent. Happy holidays. Get me like some some I don't know happy pills Early or something down. like that. That's the gift I need. Uh, if you don't like us, rate us that way. If you think I'm too no, negative. Don't do that. Uh, tell me to just something. go away. If you don't and like us, just just go away. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but tell sub- your friends. <laughs> subscribe, right? But tell your friends to come listen to it. If, like, if you're a sad son of a bitch, you'll like this podcast. So, <laughs> uh, listen to us. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, maybe Stitcher. I don't know. Just like send them like help messages and say like. Get I, our, I actually get us up. just just as we were in the middle of this podcast, I actually got an email from Stitcher. We're like good to go. Success. We're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're officially we'll a podcast. We'll see you in the new year. And we'll try to be shorter next time. Nah. Nah. <laughs> you have been listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com production. Edited and recorded by Bryce Holland. 